0: Hello, and welcome to the Idiot Book Nook, episode 47. My name is Blazewing, and my pronouns are she, her, and they, them. I am the Reading
1: Dragon, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Lady Punnett. My pronouns are primarily she, her, sometimes they, them. Today's a she, her kind of day.
0: And today, we also have a brand new host with us. Would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Bonjour, I am Pretty Shy. I... My pronouns
0: are she, her, or are they, them. Right now, it's she, her. Cool. Welcome to the crew, officially. Thank you. If you would like to follow us on social media, you are more than welcome to do so at l-a-n-k-t-r dot slash idiot You can also leave us a voicemail message over at anchor at anchor dot fm slash idiot book dash nook. And uh, we might be convinced to have a Listener feedback episode, should you so choose to leave us things that we can listen to. We are going through chapter 31 of the Amulet of Samarkand today. I believe we are in part 3 of the book, and chapter Mm -hmm. 31, there are 44 chapters of this book all together. But, with that being said, narrator, would you take it away? The Bartimaeus Trilogy,
3: Book One The Amulet of Samarkand Written by Jonathan Stroud Narrated by The Reading Dragon Voice acted by The Reading Dragon Blaze Wing 2010 Lady Punnett And now introducing Crittershy Chapter 31 Nathaniel Beyond the broken glass, the sky lightened. The persistent rain that had been falling since dawn drizzled to a halt. Nathaniel sneezed. London was waking up. For the first time, traffic appeared on the road below. Grimy red buses with snarling engines carrying the first commuters toward the center of the city. A few sporadic cars honking their horns at anyone scurrying across their path. Bicycles, too, with riders hunched and laboring inside their heavy greatcoats. Slowly, the shops opposite began to open. The owners emerged and with harsh rattling raised the metal night grills from their windows. Displays were adjusted. The butcher slapped down pink slabs of meat on his enamel shelving. The...
0: Tobacconist?
3: Yes. The tobacconist hung a rack of magazines above his counter. Next door, the bakery's ovens had been hot for hours. Warm air that smelled of loaves and sugared donuts drifted across the street and reached Nathaniel, shivering and hungry in the empty room. A street market was starting up in a side road close by. Shouts rang out some cheery, others hoarse and guttural. Boys tramped past, rolling metal casks or wheeling barrels piled high with vegetables. A police car cruised north along the road, slowing as it passed the market, then revving ostentatiously and speeding away. The sun hung low over the rooftops, a pale egg yellow disc-clouded by haze. Wait. Uh, let me do that sentence again. The sun hung low over the rooftops. A pale egg-yellow disc, clouded by haze. On any other morning, Mrs. Underwood would have been busy cooking breakfast. He could see her there in front of him. Small, busy, resolutely cheerful, bustling around the kitchen clanging pans down on the cooker, chopping tomatoes, slinging toast into the toaster, waiting for him to come down. On any other morning, that would have been so. But now, the kitchen was gone. The house was gone. And Mrs. Underwood, Mrs. Underwood was... He wanted to weep. His face was heavy with the desire for it. It was as if a flood tide of emotion lay dammed there, ready to pour forth. But his eyes remained dry. There was no release. He stared out over the gathering activity of the street below, seeing none of it, numb to the chill that bit into his bones. Whenever he closed his eyes, a flickering white shadow danced against the dark. The memory of flames. Mrs. Underwood was. Nathaniel took a deep, shuddering breath. He buried his hands in his trouser pockets and felt the touch of the bronze disc there, smooth against his fingers. It made him start and pull his hand away. His whole body shook with cold, his brain seemed frozen too. His master he had tried his best for him but mrs underwood he should have warned her got her out of the house before it happened instead of which he he had to think this was no time to he had to think of what to do or he was lost for half the night he had run like a madman through the gardens and back streets of North London, eyes vacant, mouth agape. He remembered it only as a series of rushes in the dark, of scrambles over walls and dashes under street lamps, of whispered commands that he had automatically obeyed. He had a sensation of pressing up against cold brick walls, then squeezing through hedges, cut and bruised and soaked to the skin, once before the all clear was given, he had hidden for what seemed like hours at the base of a compost heap. His face pressed against the mul- his face pressed against the mouldering slime. It seemed no more real than a dream throughout this flight. He had been replaying Underwood's face of terror, seeing a jackal head rise from the flame. Seeing a jackal head rising from the flames, unreal also, dreams within a dream. He had no memory of the pursuit, though at times it had been close impressing. The hum of a search sphere, a strange chemical scent carried on the wind that was all he knew of it until. Shortly before dawn, they had stumbled down into an area of narrow red brick houses and back alleys, and found the boarded-up building. Here, for the moment, he was safe. He had time to think, work out what to do. But Mrs. Underwood was... Cold, isn't it? said a voice. Nathaniel turned away from the window. A little way off across the ruined room, the boy that was not a boy was watching him with shiny eyes. It had given itself the semblance of thick winter gear. A down jacket, new blue jeans, strong brown boots, a woolly hat. It looked very warm. You're shivering said the boy but then you're hardly dressed for a winter's expedition what have you got under that jersey just a shirt I expect and look at those flimsy shoes they must be soaked right through Nathaniel hardly heard him his mind was far away this isn't the place to be half naked the boy went on look at it Cracks in the walls, a hole in the ceiling. We're open to the elements here. <laughs> Chilly. They were on the upper floor of what had evidently been a public building. The room was cavernous, bare and empty, with whitewashed walls, stained yellow and green with mold. All along each wall stretched... Hmm, all along each wall stretched row upon row of empty shelves, covered in dust, dirt, and bird droppings. Disconsolate piles of wood that might once have been tables or chairs were tucked into a couple of corners. Tall windows looked out over the street, and wide marbled steps led downstairs. The place smelled of damp and decay. Do you want me to help you with the cold? The boy said, looking sideways at him. You have only to ask. Nathaniel did not respond. His breath frosted in front of his face. The genie came a bit closer. I could make a fire, it said. A nice, hot one. I've got plenty of control over that element. Look. A tiny flame flickered in the centre of his palm of its palm. All this wood in here going to waste? What was this place, do you think? A library? Hm, I think so. Don't suppose the commoners are allowed to read much anymore, are they? Ugh, that's usually the way it goes. The flame grew a little. You have only to ask, oh, my master. I'd do it as a favor. That's what friends are for. Nathaniel's teeth were chattering in his head. No, more than anything else. More even than the hunger that was gnawing in his belly like a dog. He needed warmth. The little flame danced and spun, Yes, he said huskily.
0: Make me a fire.
3: The flame instantly died out. The boy's brow furrowed. Now, that wasn't very polite. Nathaniel's eyes... Nathaniel closed his eyes and heaved a sigh. Please much better a small spark leaped and ignited a pile of wood nearby nathaniel shuffled over and huddled beside it his hands inches from the flames for a few minutes the genie remained silent pacing here and there about the room the feeling slowly returned to nathaniel's fingers though his face stayed numb At length, he became aware that the the genie had become close again, and was sitting on its haunches, idly stirring a long sliver of wood in the fire. How does that feel? it asked. Melting nicely, I hope. It waited politely for an answer, but Nathaniel said nothing. "'I'll tell you one thing,' the genie went on, in a conversational tone. "'You're an interesting specimen. "'I've known a fair few magicians in my time, "'and there aren't many who are quite as suicidal as you. "'Most would think that popping into Tell, a powerful enemy, "'you'd pinched his treasure,' Wasn't a terribly bright idea. Especially when you're utterly defenseless. But you? <laughs> All in a day's work. I had to. Nathaniel said shortly. He did not want to talk. Hmm. No doubt you had a brilliant plan, which I, and Lovelace, for that matter, completely missed. Hmm mind telling me what it
0: was be silent
3: the genie wrinkled its nose that was your plan it's a simple one i'll say that much still don't forget it was my life you were risking too back there acting out your strange convulsion of conscience it reached into the fire suddenly and removed a burning ember which it held musingly between finger and thumb. <sighs> I had another master. <sighs> I had another master like you once. He had the same muleish obstinacy. Seldom acted on his own best interests. Didn't live long. It sighed, tossing the ember back into the flames. Ah, <sighs> uh, never mind. "'All's well that ends well.' Nathaniel looked at the genie for the first time.
0: "'All's well?'
3: Uh, "'You're alive. Does that count as good?' For an instant, Nathaniel saw Mrs. Underwood's face watching him from the fire. He rubbed his eyes. "'I hate to say this,' the genie said. But Lovelace was right. You were totally out of your depth last night. Magicians don't act the way you do. It was a good thing I was there to rescue you. So, where are you going now, Prague? What?! Well, Lovelace knows you've escaped. He'll be looking out for you, and you've seen what he'll do to keep you quiet. Your only hope is to vanish from the scene and leave London for good. Abroad, will be safest. Hmm, Prague. Why should I go to Prague? Magicians there might help you. Nice beer, too,
0: I'm told.
3: Nathaniel's (coughs) lip curled.
0: I'm no traitor.
3: The boy shrugged. Mm, if that's no good, then you're left with getting a quiet new life here. There are plenty of possibilities, let's
0: see.
3: Looking at you, I'd say heavy lifting's out. You're too spindly. The rule that rules out being a laborer. Nathaniel frowned with indignation.
0: I have no intention.
3: The genie ignored him. But, you could turn your runt-like size to your advantage. Yes, a sweepslad, that's the answer. Uh, They always need fresh urchins to climb the flue.
0: Dick. (laughs) Wait, I'm not-
3: Or, you could become apprentice to a sewer rat. You get a bristle brush, a hook, and a rubber plunger, then wriggle up the tightest tunnels looking for blockages. I won't. There's a world of opportunities out there, and all of them better than being a dead magician. Shut up! The effort of raising his voice made Nathaniel feel his head was about to split in two.
0: I don't need your suggestions!
3: He stumbled to his feet, eyes blazing with anger. The genie's jibes had cut through his wariness and grief to ignite a pent-up fury that suddenly consumed him. It rose up from his guilt, his shock, and his mortal anguish, and used them for its fuel. Lovelace had said that there was no such thing as honor, that every magician acted only himself. Very well. Nathaniel would take him at his word. He would not make such a mistake again. But Lovelace had made an error of his own. He had underestimated his enemy. He had, n- cal- he had called Nathaniel weak, then tried to kill him, and Nathaniel had survived.
0: You want me to slink away? He cried. I cannot. Lovelace has murdered the only person who ever cared for me.
3: He halted. There was a catch in his voice. But still, his eyes were dry. Underwood? (laughs) You must be joking. He loathed you. He was a man of sense.
0: His wife, I mean. I want justice for her, vengeance for what he has done.
3: The effect of these ringing words was slightly spoiled by the genies blowing, hmm, by the genies blowing a loud, uh, blowing a loud raspberry is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) The effect of these ringing words was slightly spoiled by the genie's blowing a loud raspberry. It rose, shaking its head sadly, as if weighed down by a great wisdom. (sniffs) It isn't justice you're after, boy. (laughs) It's oblivion. Everything you had went up in Mm. Everything you had went up in flames last night. So now you've got nothing to lose. I can read your thoughts as if they were my own. You want to go out in a blaze of glory against Lovelace.
0: No, I want justice. The genie laughed. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, It'll be so easy, following your master and his wife into the darkness. Uh, So much easier than starting life afresh. Your pride is ruling your head, leading you to your death. (laughs) Didn't last night teach you anything? You're no match for him. Uh, Nat, give
0: up. Never.
3: It's not even as if you're really a magician anymore. It gestured at the crumbling walls. Look around you. Where are we? This isn't some cushy townhouse filled with books and papers. Where are the candles? Where's all the incense? Where's the comfort? Like it or not, Nathaniel, you've lost everything. Oh, shit, I lost my place. There we go. Like it or not, Nathaniel, you've lost everything a magician needs. Wealth. Security. What was that? I don't know. Uh, I've lost
1: audio on you guys. Oh. Oh, can you hear us? We can hear you.
0: One oh, moment. One moment.
3: Nope. It's okay now. Fixed it. Okay. Yeah, because we heard a, a
1: yell from
3: someone somewhere, and then that. Okay.
1: But we're good we now.
3: Not. Okay, cool. Uh, let me start that sentence over again then.
0: I'll just record that this episode needs editing.
3: Like it or not, Nathaniel, you've lost everything a magician needs. Wealth, security, self-respect, a master. Let's face it, (laughs) you've got nothing.
0: I have my scrying glass, Nathaniel said, and hmm, I have you.
3: Hurriedly, He sat himself back beside the fire. The cold of the room still pierced him through. Ah, yes, I was coming to that. The genie began clearing his space among the debris of the floor with the side of his foot. When you've calmed down a bit, I shall bring you some chalk. Then you can draw me a circle here and set me free. Nathaniel stared at him. I've completed my charge, the boy continued, and more, so much more. I've spied on Lovelace for you. I found out about the amulet. I saved your life. Nathaniel's head felt oddly light and woozy, as if it were stuffed with cloth. Please don't rush to thank me, the boy went on. I'll only get embarrassed. All I want is to see you drawing that pentacle. That's all I need no Nathaniel said not yet Uh, sorry what the boy replied my hearing must be going on account of that dramatic rescue I pulled off last night I thought you just said
0: no I did I'm not setting you free not yet A heavy silence fell.
3: As Nathaniel watched, his little fire began to dwindle, as if it were being sucked down through the floor. It vanished altogether. With little cracking noises, ice began to crust onto the scraps of wood that a moment before had been burning nicely. Cold blistered his skin. His breath became harsh and painful. He staggered
0: upright. Stop that, he gasped. Bring the fire back. The genie's eyes glittered.
3: It's for your own good, it said i've just realized how inconsiderate i was being you don't want to see another fire not after the one you caused last night your conscience would hurt you too much flickering images rose before nathaniel's eyes flames erupting from the ruined kitchen. I didn't start the fire, he whispered. It wasn't my fault. No. (laughs) You hid the amulet. You framed Underwood.
0: No, I didn't intend Lovelace to come. It was for security.
3: The boy Uh. sneered.
0: Sure, it was your security. If Underwood had been any good, he'd have survived. He'd have fought Lovelace off and raised the alarm.
3: You don't believe that? Uh, Let's face it. You killed them both. Nathaniel's face twisted in fury.
0: I was going to expose Lovelace. I was going to trap him with the amulet. Show the authorities. Who
3: cares? You were too late. You failed.
0: Thanks to you, demon. If you hadn't led them to the house, none of this would have happened.
3: Nathaniel seized on this idea like a drowning man.
0: It's all your fault, and I'm going to pay you back. Think you're ever going to be freed? Think again. You're staying permanently. It's perpetual confinement. For you Is that so?
3: <laughs> In that case The counterfeit boy stepped forward and was suddenly very close. I might as well kill you myself right now What have I got to lose? I'll be in the tin either way, but I'll have the satisfaction of breaking your neck first. Its hand descended gently on Nathaniel's shoulder. Nathaniel's skin crawled he in- he resisted the overpowering temptation to shy away and run, and instead stared back into the dark, blank eyes. For a long moment, neither said anything. At last, Nathaniel licked his dry lips. That won't be necessary. He said thickly,
0: I'll free you before the month is up.
3: The genie pulled him closer. Free me now! No! Nathaniel swallowed.
0: We have work to do first.
3: Work? It frowned. Its hand stroked his shoulder. What work? What is there to do?
0: Nathaniel forced himself to remain quite still. My master and his wife are dead. I must avenge them. Lovelace must pay for what he did.
3: The whispering mouth was very near now, but Nathaniel could feel no breath against his face. But I've told you, Lovelace is too powerful. You haven't a hope of besting him. Forget the matter as I do.
0: Release me. And forget your troubles. I cannot. Why so? I... I owe it to my good man. I owe it to my master. He was a good man.
3: <laughs> no, he wasn't. That's not the reason at all. The genie whispered directly into his ear. It isn't justice or honor that drives you now, boy, but guilt. You can't take the consequences of your actions. You seek to drown out what you've done to your master and his wife. Well, if that's the way you humans choose to suffer, so be it. But leave me out of the equation. Nathaniel spoke with a firmness
0: he did not feel. Until your month is up, you'll obey me if you ever want your freedom. Going after Lovelace practically
3: amounts to suicide in my case. Yours and mine. The boy smiled nastily. That being so, I still don't see why I shouldn't kill you now. There will be ways to expose him. Nathaniel could not help himself. He was speaking far
0: too fast. We just need to think it through carefully. I'll make a bargain with you. Help me avenge myself on Lovelace, and I'll set you free immediately afterward. Then there can be no doubt about our positions. It's in both our interests to succeed.
3: The genie's eyes glittered.
0: As always, a
3: laudably fair arrangement, dictated from a one-sided position of power. Very well. I have no choice. But if at any time you place either of us at undue risk, be warned. I shall get my revenge first. Agreed. The boy stepped back and released Nathaniel's shoulder. Nathaniel retreated, eyes wide, breathing hard. Humming gently, the genie wandered to the window, reigniting the fire casually as it passed. Nathaniel struggled to calm himself, to regain control. Another wave of misery washed through him. But he did not succumb. No time for that. He must appear strong in front of his slave. Well then, master, the genie said, enlighten me, tell me what we do. Nathaniel kept his voice as level
0: as he could. First, I need food, and perhaps new clothes then we must pool our information on lovelace and the amulet we also need to know what the authorities think about about what happened last night that last
3: one's easy bartimaeus said pointing out of the
0: window look out there and thus ends chapter 31 of the amulet of samarkand
1: Yum. from nathaniel's point of view Buck off nugget go away Technically, this is
3: one of the only chapters that will see Bartimaeus and Nathaniel interact with each other on Nathaniel's perspective as well. Yeah,
0: um... Not gonna lie. Mm -hmm. Don't know if it was just me or not. Nathaniel grew some balls! He did! It's about the damn time. Jesus Christ, dude! I didn't know he had it in you! You three talk about this. I will be back in just a second.
3: Actually, I have to bathroom. Okay. Get back. Is that ice cream? What ice cream? Ice cream? I had ice cream last night, but I don't have ice cream right now. That is what Jay is asking. Mm.
1: So what did you think, Paulina? Or Lady well, Bennett. it was interesting because, well, one, he is still very much in shock mm-hmm. about everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. For good reason. Mm-hmm. Two. We saw that even though Bartimaeus's plan was, okay, you're going to release me now. Mm-hmm. He could have just flat out said, release me. He didn't have to, like, make a fire for the kid. Mm Mm-hmm. Which good on him. Oh, yeah. Oh.
3: Jay, what what I was eating earlier was a pickle and then Pop-Tart. I wasn't really eating anything else earlier. I mean, I had some of my meds for the day, but, meh.
1: Um, another thing, Uh although he did grow some balls, as Blazewing had said, there was a lot of hesitancy in the beginning, and even now, I don't think Nathaniel, even though he promised to release Bartimaeus, is going to. Fair. Because, I mean, he knows too much now. Mm-hmm. He knows too much, so it's not safe Mm -hmm. for Bartimaeus to release him? Mm -hmm. Meaning,
3: well, it's not safe for Nathaniel to release Bartimaeus because Bartimaeus knows too much. Going on Mm -hmm. that, say Nathaniel did release Bartimaeus and Bartimaeus was free. Then he Mm -hmm. could effectively do... then he could effectively do whatever the hell he wanted. Or Mm -hmm. if he got summoned by another magician, say Lovelace, for example, to get back at Nathaniel, then, well, Lovelace will have everything he needs.
1: Yeah, that'd be a different story, but still. Because Bartimaeus currently knows Nathaniel's real name, and it's not John Mandrake. Mm Mm-mm. It's just Nathaniel. Just Nathaniel, which can prove to not be good for Nathaniel in the long run. Because mm-hmm. what's to stop him from just te- having other demons tell him? And they, we already heard the story about what happened to the one demon. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about what could potentially happen to Nathaniel still. Mm Mm-hmm. That'd be bad. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. A a lot of stuff's happening, and if Nathaniel's not careful, it could end badly for him. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Like, super badly.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
3: And right now, Nathaniel is not in a full state of stable-mindedness. Exactly. He's still dealing with the immediate trauma of losing his- ba- Basically,
1: he lost his livelihood. He lost everything.
3: hmm
1: He has nothing now.
3: Except his life. That's all he's got. And the clothes on his back. And mm-hmm. the scrying
1: disc. And that's it, really. And a bitchy and... genie. Mm-hmm. And, it, well, I mean, bitchy genie has reason to be bitchy. hmm Oh, yeah, for sure.
3: Also, Jay, what blue thing? Because, besides my dress that I'm working on, the only other blue thing, really, is my book. And my eyeshadow. <laughs> Also my glasses, but I had to take those off earlier because I'm nearsighted, so I can see up close. It's when things are far away that everything is shit. <laughs> mm. So, Critter, what did you think of this chapter so far? I quite enjoyed it.
2: I, I like the uh, interaction. Um, a- again, getting to see Nathaniel like, like come on, mature little.
0: <laughs> mm mm-hmm.
3: Now, have you read the Bartimaeus trilogy before? Is this your first? It's my first run for it, yeah. Whoa! I'm still the only one with the most experience with Bartimaeus. Yes! <laughs> that you are. Yep. See, this book series, uh, Critter, came out around the same time that some of the later Harry Potter books came out. It was in 2003 that the first book came out. And so I was in elementary school, around third, getting into fourth grade, when I stumbled upon this and the second book for the first time at my school's library. So I read this book all the way through, even though this is kind of, at the time, it was kind of out of my age range. But I still read this book all the way through the first time around. I don't remember all of it, but I remembered a good portion of it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I, uh, mm-hmm. I would have been like, I think like ending or grading high school around that time. And yeah. I was heavy into sci fi. Yeah.
0: So Critter and I are roughly about the same age, give or take. So we come from the same generation, the same types of media, the same pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas The Amulet of Samarkand was a little after my time, it would have been a little after Critter's time as well unfortunately. That being said, going back and getting to revisit shit like this, like I'm sorry I didn't pick it up.
3: Yeah. Right? Well, it part of the reason why it probably didn't get as much popularity as it should have is because it was coming out around the same time that the Harry Potter series was yeah, coming
0: out. Yeah, well, Harry Potter also dwarfed everything else. Yeah, so. unfortunately.
3: However, now that everything surrounding harry potter is as what it is people are now looking at other things including the book series that is said to have been what inspired the harry potter series and... room sticks? yes yeah yeah uh down to people theorizing that maybe rowling plagiarized it because uh that other book series it's basically everything is gender swapped,
0: uh-huh.
3: at least the main characters are, uh-huh. and a lot of the things are very much the same.
0: We also have to look at things like um, the Worst Witch, mm-hmm. as well, because that was not a. I mean, it was around that time, but it wasn't around that time. I think. It was, I think the Worst Witch was actually a little before. So, mm-hmm. anyways, what did you guys have for this chapter?
3: Well, Lady Punnett and I were just talking about how Nathaniel, while it is good that he's now growing a set of balls, it's amazing what trauma can do. He's also still not in a good headspace at the moment. And even if he did release Bartimaeus, there is a possibility that... He may either go back on his word Or find some reason to keep him around For longer because of the fact mm-hmm. that Bartimaeus knows too much
0: mm-hmm. um, You are right about him not being in a good headspace I mean he's literally just watched Like you said the only person Who actually gave a shit about him Well sorry mm-hmm. One of two people who gave a shit about him Die. Mm-hmm. As far as we know. Yep, Jay has redeemed a posture check.
3: Now, Um, there is a part where it has described there was a moment in the fire when Nathaniel thought he saw Mrs. Underwood's face.
0: Well, there's an interesting thought because Mrs. Luthiens, as far as we know, is still running around out there somewhere, too. Mm -hmm. And I seriously doubt that they would have brought Mrs. Lutien's up. Mm-hmm. or just a throwaway bit just to have her sacked i mean she could have been, it, it is entirely possible that jonathan stroud could have used her as a mechanic to show that there are people who actually like him and that there are people who are actually kind uh and caring and not just this cold you know uh, these cold unassuming fu- uh fuckwads but <sighs> i keep holding out hope that miss luchans is gonna come back
1: I hope
0: so too. I really. Okay, it's been I let,
3: a
1: very long time since I read this book.
0: It, it's only been. It, Spoiler
1: it, alert! She's dead.
0: She's I'll only never
1: it, see her again. She's six feet under.
0: She was only around for a couple of chapters, but I want Miss Lucian's back! Damn it! You can't do this to me. She was a bean.
1: She was bean.
3: She's. She was like the tanneth of of this book.
0: I mean, you're not wrong. For those of you who don't know, Tanith is a character in uh, Dragon's uh, D&D campaign, The Tales of the Beast King, so...
3: Yep, part of a uh, greater series called Chronicles of Megalodonia. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, I did draw inspiration from Chronicles of Narnia. I also drew inspiration from a bunch of other things in creating my world. So uh, when I get around to finally editing and posting that
0: you'll find out. So, Critter, I'm interested to know your take on this story so far. You've been here since almost the beginning, kind of watching in the audience. You've been interacting with us and giving commentary. Now that you have a chance to actually speak to us face to face, and you have a chance to give your opinion on camera, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on this story as a whole up to this point.
2: So far very, yeah, I very I I very enjoyed it I like how it's delivered I like that The characters are flawed But not in like a cartoon villain Kind of way It's all yeah. very like realistic I suppose given the surroundings It's all It all feels very thought through mm-hmm. um, and, and like that You definitely feel like that there's More coming mm-hmm. I'm just sort of like waiting for that now. I guess waiting it's for the nice. other. Sh-
0: Sorry, waiting yeah. for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's like, what is it going to be now? <laughs> now that he's picked up his balls, what's going to happen now?
0: And uh, his balls have descended. Sorry.
2: <laughs> that was great.
0: <laughs> uh, cool. Ooh,
2: Jason, they have a bunch of clips for us.
0: Cool. Uh, we will take those clips after we're done with the podcast. Uh, you can uh, go ahead and drop those in a DM to Dragon, actually. So, I don't know. Let's see. Nathaniel's grown some balls. Bartimaeus is pissed. He just wants to go home, man. Bartimaeus is yeah. like, I want to go to sleep in my own bed. And here I am, he's stuck. Had enough- yeah, he, he's said enough of Nathaniel's bullshit. That being said, he's still in his own way, trying to show that he's looking out for the kid. Like, no, dude, you don't want to go after Lovelace. He's proved that he's a little more powerful than you. I mean, sure, he doesn't want to end up in a tin, but if he didn't give a shit about Nathaniel, why try and stop him from going after Lovelace? Like... Honestly. Um... So, uh, time and time again, we're shown that, at least on some level, Bartimaeus gives a shit about Nathaniel. And he says he reminds him of um, one of his other masters, and I'm pretty sure that other master he was talking about was the Egyptian boy whose form he's currently taking. Um.
1: Plausible, yeah. Makes sense. Watch as somehow, through... Nathaniel is a descendant of the Egyptian boy.
0: Oh, prophecy, potentially? Write that down, please. We want to see if that comes true.
1: And that's why... That's kind of why, not only because they're similar ages, but also why Bartimaeus feels like the slight pull and isn't being, like, a super dick. Hmm. Interesting. Just somehow through, like... Because he's an... eight. Normally, I wouldn't say that because he's Egyptian and stuff, but he, he's he been saying it repeatedly that he's ancient Egyptian. And who's to say that through, like, unfortunate events, uh, travelers, merchants, migration, wanderers, migrations, that somehow along the way. Because Egypt isn't that far mm-hmm. from England.
0: It's, uh, Egypt is actually the split, if I'm not mistaken, between Asia and Africa. It's like right on the border there. Let me let me check my map. Make sure I'm getting my geography right. Give me you one.
1: Geography
3: hard. <laughs> Alternate theory: Nathaniel is a reincarnation of the Egyptian
0: boy. Oh, that's a hell of a theory. Hmm. I because like that.
3: Reincarnation exists, and you know, depending on uh, the cultures and the mythologies. Technically speaking, Nathaniel could be a reincarnation of the Egyptian boy.
0: Mark Gainsby says, look at the bird, and then follows up with LOL. No one on the panel knows where Egypt is. I, I, I suck at Eurasia geography. Oh, one second. Our Discord froze. Um, I suck at Eurasian geography, and the reason I suck is because I haven't studied it in full as of yet. Um, Like, I I haven't had a chance to just sit down and study it. I'm getting better with it, but I'm still not the best. And I was right, Egypt is actually the split between kind of Eurasia and Africa. It's north uh, northeast uh, of Africa, right where the like the the main Eurasian continent is, mm-hmm. uh, next to Israel and Jordan and Syria and all that. Um, yeah. It's across the Mediterranean Sea from Turkey. But yeah. I, I was right; it is like Africa in that upper quadrant towards Eurasia ish. Mm-hmm.
3: So I'm I'm just terrible at
2: geography in. General, it's okay. Most world maps are totally inaccurate, anyway.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's because of the Mercator projection, if I'm not mistaken. Um, There, there's a lot more accurate representation, but it skews the world and it looks really fucked compared to what we're used to looking at.
2: Yeah, I've been trying to find my map, my get my hands on an accurate.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: map Mm -hmm.
3: Um, see even growing up with like the old maps that were in our public school system it was very hard for me to remember where things were part of it is the object permanence uh stuff that comes with ADD that I was up until recently living undiagnosed with
0: object permanence comes with ADD I have no idea what you're talking about
3: (laughs) it's It's a horrible thing, and sometimes it goes to the extremes of of not remembering that people exist when they're not in front of your face, interacting with you, or in front of your screen, so to speak, interacting with you.
0: It's not just for objects, it's for people, too. Mark Gainsby says, what would you do if Bartimaeus kicked in your front door?
1: Depends. What form does he take, and is it hot? Mm Mm-hmm. And for what reason is he kicking in my door? Yeah, why is he kicking in my door? Why couldn't he just knock like every other thing?
0: Welcome to a panel of neurodivergence. More information required.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did I do something wrong to slight him? Do I have something his master wants? Mark... Uh, did I accidentally summon him, but it didn't work, so he had to knock through the door. I need more information on why he's knocking down the door. Mark G- I'm sorry,
3: he's... Lady Potter.
1: My mind is in the gutter, so everything you just said, my mind is like, what?
0: <laughs> Mark Gainsby <laughs> says, demon form, and he kicked in the door to mess up your house. Mm, oh, too can late. Mess it's already
3: messed
0: up. my house any day. Sorry, one at a time, dragon?
1: Mm, he can mess up my house any day. Fair. You should really have some water since you seem thirsty right now. Sure. I mean, I need to take my second dose of the day anyway from a meds.
0: <laughs> Lady Punnett.
1: Um, I, I said too late. It's already a mess. Fair. Mm-hmm.
0: Critter?
2: That, that depends on the kind of day he catches me on. If it's a I don't give a shit day. Yeah, there's already a mess to help yourself. And depending on the day.
0: I might tell that bitch to pick it up! (laughs) Fair. As for me, motherfucker, that's not how you create chaos. If you want to create chaos, come with me. I'll show you.
3: I mean, depending on the kind of day I'm having, I mean, I might ask him to clean my gutters.
0: So. Well then, that happened. (laughs)
3: twist I don't have, I don't have the kind of gutters you're thinking of.
0: You ju- I no, have you, you have the one the you live in. You have the one you live in. In
3: my head, yes.
0: Why would you ask him to clean the gutters? You don't want to clean those gutters.
3: No, he could just clean out my pipes.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, you are you are the monster lover of the group, so. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm also the monster girl of the group,
0: so... You're not wrong, although... Depending on how you look at it, there could be two of us here.
3: Yeah, I mean, you normally do vampire stuff, which vampires are, t- are considered monster people.
0: Yep. Vampires are people too, man.
1: Monster people. Specifically, monster people.
0: Critter, are you okay?
1: <laughs> this is what I have to deal with, Critter. I'm sorry, but if you're attracted to any of us monster
3: folk, you're a monster fucker. I'm sorry, I don't make the rules. See, while well, you guys were doing your thing,
2: nobody noticed me shinking into my chair going...
0: You too, huh?
3: Monster girl.
0: Well then. Um... <clears throat> Jay says you have gutters I just have a drain and Mark Gainsby says will the ADHD woman teach us how to get monster girlfriends
1: you have to find them first
0: uh, we hide well
1: yeah We're Some... the sort.
2: you have to look where it's dark and creepy
3: or you know go to your uh, local gaming or electronics store and fairs yeah coffee shops
0: yep that being said we're completely off topic here just completely fucking derailed and i think this is a good place to stop this episode for today
3: (laughs) at least put a pause and then take our first break for the twitch
0: stream yep yep so um We want to thank you very much for joining us for chapter 31 of the Amulet of Samarkand and episode 46, uh, sorry, 47 of the Idiot Book Nook podcast. Mark Gainsby, thank you for the follow. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can do so at linktr.ee slash idiotbooknook. That's got all of our socials. Uh, We will be adding Critter's socials to that eventually because this was a last minute ad this morning that we decided we wanted to do this. Uh, So once again, Critter, welcome to the crew for your first official episode. Thank you. We hope you enjoy being here. Um, If you would like to leave us voicemail messages, you can do so at anchor.fm slash idiot-book-nook. And our link tree has our socials, it has our YouTube, it has the Twitch, and it also has links to... The podcast feed as well on all of the platforms we are currently on. If you currently uh, do not have us on your favorite podcasting platform and you would like to have us on your favorite podcasting platform, please drop us a message and let us know. We would love to add that for you. But for episode 47 of the Idiot Book nook podcast, I'm Blazewing. I'm the Reading Dragon.
1: I'm Lady ponnet And I'm Crittershy.
0: And we will see you next episode. For chapter 32 of the Amulet of Samarkand Peace out Goodbye It got really dark all of a sudden Yeah I was going to say like,
2: Did yeah. you like, lose power or something?